and we are live. Hey, Concrete. Hey, Shalakimia. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. How's it going? To our guest first. Great. Great. <laughs> uh, Danny, how? Great. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, Danny, how's it going? And, uh, and and of course, we'll allow our guest to introduce herself for any of you who does not know who she is. But I'm sorry, Danny, how's it going? Girl, it's going. We're here. We, we ready. <laughs> we made it um, on this good Sunday. Um, yeah, uh, I am tired, but I'm, I'm still, I'm high energy because I've been drinking my coffee, which isn't really coffee. It's more like creamer and, and a little splash of coffee. So um, yeah, I, I have high energy right now. Uh, but nonetheless, we do have a special guest, as you guys have seen by the title. Shalakemia is joining us today for this interesting topic that we're going to be discussing regarding is there redemption for Black men, for the brothers. Um, but we want to go ahead and allow her an opportunity to introduce herself and talk about her platforms and what she has going on. So Shalakemia, if you would do us the honors. Absolutely. For the people that don't know me, my name is Shalakemia. Um, I'm a content creator, motivational speaker, business coach. Um, and I like to have a com I like to come to the table and have a conversation that other people don't like to to have. Um, and I, I also on my content I like to um touch on things that you know people are, are scared to touch on or be the voice or stand on, you know, the, the front line. So, you know, um I'm excited. Um I didn't really think I had a place on YouTube to be honest with y'all. Um I've been active for maybe I would say a year. And I'm about oh, to come up with like a hundred thousand subscribers. So girl, help us. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Look I at that. Look at God. I didn't really know. I was always on Facebook and you know, Instagram. You know, I came over here, oh. you know, got in Facebook jail one day because they report my content all the time. So I came over here and the numbers just start going up. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. Wow. I didn't know nothing about the YouTube world at all. Nothing. You have been on YouTube for years. Like uh, I, I was like, it, uh, but I didn't use my account at all. Oh wow! <laughs> I did not know you really just start producing content on YouTube like over the past year. That is amazing! Like congratulations um, on your success on the platform. First of all, clearly that means you're saying something that the people want to hear. So that's a that's an awesome thing. That's an awesome feat as well. So congratulations! Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for me. I appreciate that. Oh, Thank girl. you. It's our pleasure, <laughs> honey. Absolutely. I I have to say that I love, love, love your shorts and um, they be quick to the point and be like, bang, bang. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> she gonna hit them, honey. Um, I had to, to be honest with y'all, I had to master that getting on, on YouTube and them having shorts. Cause I, I, I sat back, I'm like, well, hold on. People are watching the shorts more than they're watching the longer videos. So I said, okay, I have to get what I'm saying in one minute. So I was I was mastering it. And now it's like I mastered it because I used to do like long videos. I was talking for like an hour. So doing those shorts it was it was challenging, but you know, I got it down packed now. Wait a minute. So are you saying that it was easier for you to do longer videos than for you to do shorts? I was I was so accustomed to doing longer videos because I would record my videos, then I would put them up. 
my videos would be maybe three to five minutes. I haven't mastered the art of just um, talking for like long periods of time because I kind of mm -hmm. feel awkward with just talking. And then it's like, do people really want to know what I think? And people do be wanting to know what you think about stuff. Right. But, I, you know, just to sit there and have like a full thought process on just whatever subject matter and be, then be able to talk and have good points and really yeah. articulate that. That to me, I always I think that's like a skill. Yeah, um, I, I think so. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I was just agreeing with Danny. Oh, um, my first viral video, about four million views on Facebook. It was about five, six minutes. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Long, so that's what I was accustomed to. I didn't I came to YouTube and it just taught me something different. So I get out what I have to say in one minute now. <laughs> you know what? Like my thing is so I'm a trainer by trade. Like I'm a trainer by my career. And Danny has told me, I'm sorry, Sister George, like I call her Danny, but um <laughs> And I've had other people tell me I literally am a trainer by trade. I've been training for 17 years almost and that mm. I sound too scripted. Like I'm like, like I don't sound. And I think that for me, that doesn't come off. That doesn't go over well because I sound very formal. Like that's what it is. It's not scripted. It's I sound very formal, mm. not um, not. Uh, personable almost. It, I sound too formal when I'm trying to do the like three minute videos. It's like, you know, like I need to relax <laughs> almost like I'm at work. And mm -hmm. I think I struggle with that because of it. Yeah. yeah I mean, like your personality you doesn't come through. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just you like, always tell me that. I mean, like, <laughs> she's in work mode. She's in career mode and you have to yeah. change over. Like me, I'm a business mm -hmm. coach. So I have to be, mm -hmm. well, I can't say that because with, with my business coaching, I'm effective, but I'm real. If your logo's a mess, I'm going to tell you, baby, your logo's a mess. We can't, we can't do this. You mm -hmm. know, so I'm, I'm very direct, but I'm understanding. I guess it mixed together for me, I guess. But she that's, that, you know, you, but I'd be like, well, she get, as soon as she hit that camera. <laughs> that yeah, and you know what? And she knows a different side of me. And so, like, she's like, you know, you're personable, but it doesn't come across. And that's oftentimes because I'm speaking, like, my content, I'm speaking about something that I've researched or something. Right. So, if I'm speaking off the cuff, then it's different. But I'm speaking about a topic that I've researched and I research my topics that I train on. So, it is, it feels like, like I'm facilitating to a group of people aside from me having a conversation with a girlfriend, you know, it's, it's yeah. I, I have to figure out how to, you know, break through that barrier, but you'll get there. Yeah. You will. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing some success on platforms just by talking about things that I find endearing to me or sharing information that I find endearing to me. I'm seeing a little bit more success. Um, still not what I want, but still I'm seeing some success. And I like that because it is something that is true to you know who I am, so I, I'm. I think I found my niche, anyway. So, but yeah. Um, Danny, did you have anything else before we hop off into this topic? Uh, no, but I do want to tell you guys, I did drop a Miss I Am Shalakemia's um, link in the chat. 
And if you are looking to subscribe to her social media, I'm going to post the rest of it in our description. If I could do it between it, like I meant to do it before the show started. So forgive me for that. But um, you could definitely find her and we'll uh, keep dropping her link throughout. And they're dropping your link in the chat. So thank you guys for that. Uh, please continue to do that. Please, please, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you guys can go subscribe and go check out her content, honey. Um, yeah. See, 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 um, see what y'all want. Absolutely. And I do want to say this. So, Shalakimia, I, um, I, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with our channel, but um, we and, and I know that I don't know how you um, and, and or if you categorize yourself at all. I guess when I when someone asks me, like, well, you know, what type of person you are, I've always said, well, she's I consider myself to be male identified. And I certainly consider you to be male identified. You know, they have all these new catchphrases and new words. So I would say, you know, she's, you know, seems to be a very conscious woman, you know, articulate. Like there's a, a bunch of different descriptors that I would give, but I certainly attach the word male identified to you. But I say all that to say, I'm not sure if you are aware, but our channel is in the manos sphere and um i say that because our audience is like 86 90 male we have 86 90 male audience which i'm sure this would really won't have too much of a bearing on you but i still want to just put it out there um as a result um they are um very direct and very, you know, assertive and, mm -hmm. and um, they don't hold any punches with you, you kind of are the same and, and, you know, your, right. um, your, your approach. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. I, I figured okay. that you knew our channel was in the manosphere. And even with our channel being in the manosphere, we do some controversial topics that aren't necessarily geared towards the manosphere, but we right. do that intentionally because we want to bridge the gap between mm -hmm. black men and black women. And mm -hmm. it's kind of um, almost kind of like to, to um, kind of to like casting a net. Like, so mm -hmm. we might have some controversial topics to cast a net because people are gonna be like, what did they say? And they wanna come and engage because they feel right. offended at the mere thought of <laughs> us having certain topics. So yeah. I don't know if you're aware, but that is kind of, our channel is a male dominated channel in, in you know, a male space. Yeah, I, I can definitely um, relate. Um... I guess I say some things on my channel that, you know, engages people to and are offended. I started out that way, though. I started out about 90% um, men, 10% um, women. Mm -hmm. um, I'm almost even now, um, oh. which I, I, I like that because, wow. you know, um, now, you know, women are coming and they're, they're messaging me and they're like, Shalakimi, like you, you saved my marriage. You know, you taught me how to be a woman, you know, so it's like my content, they're coming around. I mean, their husbands are even thanking me, you know, wow. so it's like they're they're definitely coming around. It's definitely, you know, even and out. Um, I think just being, you know, consistent, you know, um, with the content and also like when I first came in, they're like, oh, Shalakimi is just for black men. And, you know, it's like, um, 
um, not just for black men, but we don't speak enough and have that conversation in these spaces um, about black men. It's always been about black women and what we need and what, you know, what we deserve. And, you know, it's like, you know, we need to come to the um, table and have a conversation about what black men deserve as well. It's not just about us. You know, I'm a woman that can be honest and say, no, when I'm in a relationship or, you know, just whatever, it's not just about me. You know, and I think that's where a lot of black women get it wrong. They were taught that, like, oh, it's all about you and what you want. They teach it in church, mm. <laughs> you know, you know, and they're looking for great direction from church. So if they're not right. teaching in church, the family unit, what, what are a lot of black women supposed to think? Because there's a lot of black women that, you know, rely on on the church, you know. Um, but yeah. So what is it? Is there something in particular that you feel that you did that resulted in the change to your audience? Because I know for us, our we've been producing content for three and a half years and our audience has been pretty consistent. We, we, we've increased a bit because I mean, Mm -hmm. with the female audience, yeah, just a wee bit. Um, you know, we've increased a wee bit, but women seem to be repulsed at the fact that they feel that we defend black men. And the interesting thing is we consider ourselves to be very balanced. We're still black women. And because we're in a space where the men can have some very extreme points of view, oftentimes you'll hear us coming to the aid and defense of women. And they still are like, no, we want no parts of it. So is there something in particular that you did or the women just started listening and it just natural shift that happened um, um, with your audience? Well, well, my channel isn't just, um, you know, me, you know, saying, you know, coming to the table saying, listen, we're, we're going to treat black men better. It's really a mixture. It's a mixture of me just coming to the table saying, listen, like um, encouragement, you know, empowerment. I think that's what pulls some of the women on my channel because I come to the table and I'm real. You know, um, one of my viral videos also was when I came to the table. I'm like, listen, like I try to kill myself, y'all. You know, I I went to um, the crazy ward at the hospital. I stayed there for a week. You know, I just come to the table and I be me. Yeah, you know, so I think some of the women on my channel can relate to things like that. Like, okay, hold up, she's coming to the table, you know, with a conversation not just about black men but about mental health. Now, you see what I'm saying? She's open about suicide, and that opens for people to be able to come and be like, okay, she's relatable, she's coming, you know, this is real life. And my channel is about, um, it's part of it is about real life. Mm -hmm. Um, and me also coming to the table, like, listen, y'all, I haven't always been this woman. You know, right. I wasn't taught to love a black man. I need to come and be honest with y'all if I if mm-hmm. I want y'all to trust me and understand where I'm coming from. So I think that's how some of those women came around to say, you yeah. know what? I think some of them that wanted to grow, every black woman doesn't want to grow. We're going to be honest. They don't want to grow. They're okay being toxic, but some do. And when they find people like us, you know, that's coming to having a real conversation and they're listening and they're like, you know what? I can change some things. She's talking to me. I'm like that. You know, I need to be better. You know, um, there are women out there that desperately want to change, you know? So it's just about having a real conversation. Like when I'm coming, it's not, it's it's not scripted. You know, I think what needs to be said for our people to be able to grow and be, and be better. We're not having real conversations. 
You see what I'm saying? Right. On, the, on, on people on somebody's podcast, and you know, it's so scripted on TV. It's so yeah. scripted. You're being vulnerable yeah. and a, being real. Right. Life yeah. is it's How? just not. You see how, what I'm saying? Right, right. How hard was it for you to be vulnerable in front of so many people and then people that you don't know and kind of bearing your soul out? And you know what I'm saying? Because I think a lot of people kind of struggle with talking about their real issues. Most of us kind of like to put a up. You, you put up a picture on social media. You want people to have this certain the representative. Yeah. yeah. So how hard was it for you to be vulnerable? Um, to be honest with you, um, my suicide attempt kind of um prepared me for that. Um I was in a, a very bad state and um I was looking to God for a lot of things and I'm like, God, you know, um I wanna I wanna share this, you know. And it's like, you know how the coach has that pep talk, you know, with the team players. And that's what God did to me. He's like, listen, you can't worry about your family. You can't worry about friends. You can't worry about people judging you. I need you to go help people. That was all I needed. That was mm -hmm. all I needed. I can't care what nobody thinks about me after that point. I have to focus on the people that God needs me to pour into. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can't worry about what my family's going to say. Listen, they done, they done called me crazy. They done talked about me like a dog and everything. But let me say something. After I shared that, then they come back around and need my help. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They want to have a private conversation because they experienced and went through the same thing. So mm -hmm. I, I let God guide me and lead me. I don't let man guide and lead me. So if I'm going to come to the table and, and when I shared the fact that I was suicidal, it opened up, it opened up so many things in people. Wow. People started reaching out. Like, I mean, a man reached out to me, I want to say like maybe four Christmases ago, he was about to jump off the bridge. Another woman, you know, she was about to shoot herself. If we don't come and have these conversations, how do people know who they can go and talk to? Hmm. You know, it's so crazy that you said that. And the training that I went to um, this week was specifically about talking people um trying to talk people in emergency situations to not um, right. commit suicide. And it's interesting that you said that. And that was the specific training that I went to this week. And um, I learned a lot of interesting skills from that. Um, so There's a lot of things that we don't talk about. And then, um, so I, my training was with a lot of, um, I think I was the only black, I was the only black woman in the room. And it was just another female that was taking the class. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking about black people and black issues. And I know them folks was looking at me like black <laughs> men. I'm like, yeah, black men have a high suicide rate. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked about um, the red pill community. I talked about veterans. And I was like, there are a number. This stuff is going to go up. In the next few years, you're going to start, you're going to keep seeing rises in this um, because we're not really doing anything to address it. Right. And they brought up Twitch and everything. And I'm like, OK, that's one instance. But um, when it comes down to people not being in happy relationships, um, not being healthy, not taking care of themselves, um, mm -hmm. no friends, no mm -hmm. or, or don't care about their family, don't want to connect with their family. Yeah. We're and, socializing less. We are right. inflation. Yeah, we don't have connections to our family. People are isolating at a higher rate than ever before. 
ever. Right. And so, you know, they were looking at me crazy because I kept saying, well, what about us over here? <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like, well, you know, we, we're trying to talk to a specific group and I, you know, I work with veterans and so they were trying to yeah. address veterans. But then I'm like, you have a lot of veterans in entering into certain online communities. They're absorbing the rhetoric. And then they're trying to change a thought process on how we view suicide, how we view death. And I, I think a lot of it's super duper interesting, but it's, you know, that, that's a lot to be vulnerable about. That's Especially hard. on a platform like this, where so many people are judgy and that's just the, flat out fucking, excuse me. That's the thing. I can't, I commend you for that because I wouldn't be yeah. able to, and I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'm not there. I'm not there because of the sole reason that um, trust is very big to me. And um, I commend anybody, like, I commend Danny because she's far more forthcoming than I would ever be on this platform. And it's because I've seen people take information and use it for evil. I've seen mm -hmm. people take your information and try to get you fired, try to get your home take, like literally the doxing that I've seen. I've been, I've, we've been content creators for three and a half years. We've been in this space for like close to six, seven years. And mm -hmm. we've seen people literally use medical records against people, share mm -hmm. private photos of people. Like, I mean, these are like, you know, photos that was surgical photos that might've been shared with a girlfriend. Like I've seen some of the worst behavior and some so much misuse of information that mm -hmm. I will, I, I can't allow myself to be vulnerable. Like it, it has created a block for me that I'm like, I protect what's near and dear to me. I protect my husband. I protect my family. I'm very particular about what I share. And I don't share much because I've seen them misuse it and abuse it. And I have a career. I have, a, you know, a home. I have so much to protect that it scares me to share information on a public platform knowing they can abuse it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've came over here and shared that, you know, I've been living with a brain tumor for years. And they, they I saw that. Yeah. I, to be honest with y'all, I don't they can't use anything that I didn't share. I'm, I'm not embarrassed about anything. You know what I mean? I already shared that. I told, I tell my own business, you can't come and Girl, say nothing. Girl, you said a word then. You can't, you can't say nothing. You can't do, you can't use nothing. God already told me. Tell your right. own business. They can't use nothing. Be comfortable in it. So when they mm -hmm. do try to come and use it, it don't affect you. Because the enemy wants you to feel like that. He wants you to feel afraid. Like, oh no, don't say that because they won't. I don't care. I was in a relationship with somebody and, and I walked away from the relationship because one thing, I listen, I can I can go through a lot with a man. I, I can't deal with a cheater. Yeah, I'm not dealing with no cheater. You, mm -hmm. I tell him from the door, you cheat, I'm gone. Anything else, I don't care about your flaws. I don't care about nothing. You cheat, I'm gone. He cheated, I left. And he was so he was so mad. He was so angry. Oh, you a content creator? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put your new put him up there. Tag me, baby. <laughs> I know what I he was in a relationship. I, knew I was like, baby, I sent the good photos. Hey, when I sent them, <laughs> don't don't do me no. Listen, you got the wrong one. You can't use that against me. Tag me yeah. in the photos, baby. You ain't gonna mm -hmm. do nothing but have a whole bunch of men in my inbox, and you know you don't want that. <laughs> so you ain't got to share nothing. You know, when people try to use that against you, and it's it's so yeah. horrible. You see what I'm saying? Because I would have never said that. I know. Oh, I'm gonna share you. Nah, I'm I'm done. I'm done. You know what I mean? I'm just going yeah. about my life. I'm not about hurting anybody. Even people hurt me. I'm not. I'm not a retaliating type person. Same. I'm just going about Same. My life. You see yeah. what I'm saying? But I can't be afraid of that because 
that will limit me and my purpose if I if I feel some type of way about what somebody going do whatever you gonna do. These women are sad and say, oh, you had a brain tumor and that man left you and this and so so he did and what? What mm-hmm. you gonna say after that? You ain't got nothing else to say. So what? <laughs> it's life, you know. Yeah. But see, they want me to stop talking. They want me to stop empowering black men. So they mm-hmm. want to use any little thing they can, and you you can't. You can't because I've been blessed with a strength that they don't even know about. That's why they operating in weakness and they'll try to come up against you and your truth and your testimony. They can't do that with me. Take whatever part you want, make it what you want. I'm going to rely on the fact that God knows the truth and I'm going to go on with my life. I I love it. A certain certain type of strength to be able um, when you talk about like walking and walking in your own light and being your full self, and then being strong enough mentally to be able to put yourself out there and whatever happens, happens. I think mm-hmm. that is just a different type of strength. But I always find that to be dope because I, you know, I, and I'm kind of under the same mind. Y'all will be fine. You can't use my life against me. Right. And then you're you going to use my life against me like you done lived a perfect life or like your family has been perfect. That like you ain't got is. nothing going on. Like that part please. too. Exactly. But the thing is, absolutely. They get to they get to hide under this anonymity. You know what I mean? Like we don't, they have an avatar of a, of a, of a Yu-Gi-Oh character or something. Like we don't, we don't know who they truly are. So exactly. they're literally spectators and they're like watching watching our lives or watching, you know, listening and taking in and ingesting information that we give to throw back at us. So I don't care about, you know, like, they'll be like, oh, you were a single mom, you know, da, 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 da. like, you can't hurt me with any of that information. Right. Like, the thing is, like, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur. I work in corporate America. I don't want you using, misusing my information, finding out, you know, where I work, trying to find out my husband's business, my children's business. Like, I don't want you going that far and it right. like don't play with my livelihood that's those are the types of things that i'm like yeah. you know looking up my address and stuff like that mm, mm, this ain't what you want you know so right. those are the types of things that i'm like i don't play with and so i feel like for me my you know for any person your first line of defense is yourself and yeah. like to protect myself i'm just very careful with what i share i think i would have a different view if i had not entered the manosphere Um, When I started, like, you know, this wasn't my first real view of like content creation, because I've just seen so much messiness happen here. It's like, did you come with your real name and everything when you first got here? Um, Yeah, yeah. Right before, right before I started being a content creator, though, I just wanted people to call me Mia my whole life. I didn't even like Shalakimia, to be honest. I didn't like the name, you know. Um, it came with a lot of like um, just hurt and pain growing up. Um, but you know, once God brought me to that point where you know, letting me know like you, you're Shalakimia. You have to own this. You have to grow into this. You know. And um, right before I started making videos, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm Shalakimia. I'm okay with people calling me that. You know, I'm gonna own this name. This is who I am. Um, it, it it sets me apart. You know, he had to do a lot of work on me in, in my season of singleness, a lot of work. It was like a crash course on so many different things. So, yeah, when I came out, you know, I was, I'm, I'm Shalakimia, 
you know, and I knew people weren't going to know how to say it. So that's why at the end of every video, I'm like, and my name is Shia Lakemia. Because I need people. And to I said what I said. You know. <laughs> I like yeah. it, though. I like that. That's important. Like, first of all, people should know your name. Like, when, when people call you by name, it makes the ancestors proud, number one. So they should be calling you by your name. <laughs> not come in under my name and I don't use my name. Not that right. I have I have a unique name. Sometimes like people have slipped up and called me by name that I've had as guests that know my name or you know I think mm -hmm. maybe once or twice maybe. I don't even know if Danny has ever. She's so used to calling me by my moniker. I don't think that she has but <laughs> people have slipped up and or like um, you know my real name was tied to like my cash app and I've sent people you know money to yeah. So there are people in the space who know my name. It's not like I'm like oh I don't want anybody to know my name but but um, I just came in under a moniker um, because I think I had a moniker attached to my um, YouTube. Just I came because. in under my real name, honey, and I was like, damn, 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 damn. I know who I am. <laughs> and so it's just like one of those things. It's like I'm easily doxable. I might as well uh, just be exactly who I am. I came in right. under my real name. And mm -hmm. if you can look up my information and you can look up my background and this, that, and the third, um, you know what? I'm going to just keep it real with y'all. Y'all will be fine. And yeah. let, let's keep it moving. Um, y'all yep. yeah. can join. I can join too. What's good? And yeah, that, that's <laughs> how I've been looking at it. But I um yeah. wanted to get off into Let's another tell. question, honey. Mm -hmm. You had said something, and I had thought about this for a minute. I was thinking about this because I've had this conversation with Concrete as well. And you were talking about um, being with somebody you want and you wanting them to want, want you and you want mm -hmm. to want them. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering what you thought about that in regards to how... Um, black women look at relationships and black women's standards you know black women will kind of dismiss a guy because he ain't got on no gucci shoes he's he got on some raggedy ass wranglers um he, he may not be uh well dressed but you know he may not just meet all their standards and a lot of women will dismiss a man mm -hmm. because he doesn't meet all their standards and i wanted to know your thought process as far as like being with somebody you want and and vice versa and uh yeah just to kind of elaborate a little bit on that um i call that uh, a prostitute mindset okay <laughs> yeah and that's a that's a prostitute mindset though um when okay. you look for a man um with money like what do prostitutes do um when when i say that um i want a man to want me versus needing me i want to want him versus needing him um a lot of people get into relationships speak for money because that person takes care of them right so say someone's in a relationship and the person is taking care of them what happens when the person can no longer take care of them they are going to leave that person and they're going to go find someone else that's, that can take care of them that's how everybody goes because they were only attached to that person for taking care of them that's why i said i want to want somebody and when i say want somebody i'm saying get to know their mind their heart what kind of person are they how do they treat other people you know what i mean um how do they treat my children are they confident about themselves like that's what i want to know about a man 
I don't want to, I don't want to need a man in the aspect of him taking care of me. Um, I'm attracted to where he works, what he, what he makes, what he wears. That's not always who we are. We could be, and I know that y'all can understand this. There's been seasons where we've been doing really, really great, right? Mm-hmm. And there's other seasons where we've been down and out. I've had seasons where I'm doing really, really great and I've been homeless. But I want somebody to love me when I'm doing great and when I'm doing when I'm when I'm homeless, you know, or when I'm down and out or I'm doing bad. I don't want somebody to just be attached to me or be in a relationship with me because I'm doing good at the moment. Because what about when I go through that season where I'm not? And we have to be we have to be honest. God is going to take you through that season. And and I don't know who this is for. It's not about the fact that he wants to punish you. He need to take you through a season of hurt and pain and, and, and being down and out to show you the people around you. If people are attached to you for money, he's going to take your money away mm. until them people get away from you. If it was your car, your job where you live, he's going to take it all away until those snakes get away from you. Then he's going to restore you. Once you learn Cause you gonna see like, well, dad, when I had money, they was around, you know what I mean? When I had a car, they was calling me every day. They went that you don't have that no more. So mm-hmm. they're gone. So then once you realize that ain't my friend, that's not who I'm supposed to be with, then God's going to restore you. So that's why I say want versus need. Mm-hmm. I don't Do you- want, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask, do you feel that men want to be needed because what being in this space, a lot of men talk about when women say we want to want the guy versus need. I want a man, but I don't need a man. A lot of black men kind of get offended by that um, because they have a need to feel needed. And I think a lot of men are kind of biologically wired to they want to feel needed because, it, you know, it kind of boosts masculinity, ego, stuff yeah. like that. And I want to know your opinion in regards to that, like men wanting to be I mean, uh, feel needed. Th- there's a thin line between, you know, men wanting to be needed, right? Um, a, a lot of men, I, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that I want to want you, and then when we get into a relationship, I want us to need each other okay. in a certain way. But let's not start the relationship off with somebody with them needing you. Because it's, it's like an emergency relationship at that point. And I've seen so many of them fail because people get on their feet and they leave because they don't need you no more. They only got with you because you were security. Get to know a person and who they are. Then while we're in a relationship, then then we can need each other. But I need, I need a man to need me too. Yeah. I don't want to need him. Let's need each other. But... I need some men to stop being needed at the beginning because that's how a lot of men get used. Uh And a lot of men are feeling like, I mean, society has made a lot of men feel like their only, um, their only value is their money. So a lot of men feel like, Oh, I got to come to this relationship with money. Oh, I got to have money. I need her to need me for my money. No, stop doing that. But on the flip side of that, like, for example, I'm seeing lots of comments of men in the comments. And, you know, this is this is no shade. I mean, it is shade. This is shade to my my, my, um, chat. 
um, a lot of men in the comments are like, oh, well then, you know, if you, by you saying that, you know, by you saying all that you've just said that a man, you know, shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't be essentially needing a man for his money through the gate. Um, that the, they go to the opposite extreme and say, oh, well, then you must be interested in a pookie. So like and, and I've uh, I've been very careful in my messaging to women regarding um, lowering their standards, because I feel like we did have an epidemic of women who were settling for any and everything. And I think that that's a very dangerous thing. So I think that it's important to have standards, but I also think that it's important to be logical, to be realistic as well. And um, so what say you to, you know, people who feel that, you know, that, that, you know, they're developing a standard by having a man like through the gate, having these expectations for a man that he come in being willing to and able to spend that it's simply them developing standards for themselves and them responding in the chat like that, like, oh, that person must want a pookie. That doesn't mean that. Right. So out of touch with world relationships. You don't see a lot of real relationships out here anymore. You've seen them with our grandparents and our great-grandparents, but you're not seeing love. Mm-hmm. You're seeing people t- making relationships a business. And people will say this, or oh, relationship is a business. No, a mm-hmm. relationship is not supposed to be a business. That's not how it's supposed to be. We see situations all the time where um, you have a relationship and someone in the relationship gets sick. And um, the other person leaves. They don't stay by their side. They go and find someone else that's not sick. I want someone to be by my side whether I'm sick or not. I'm going to be with them whether they're sick or not. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's like the most hurtful thing is for you to be in a relationship with somebody, you to go through something and that person walk away. Absolutely. Yeah. They didn't really care about you. Right. Where, where does the and the care come from? They're making relationships too materialistic. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not what it's about. It's not about material things come and go. Cars come and go. Houses get foreclosed on. You get evicted. Jobs, yeah, you, you lose you your job. Down. Companies you go under, you know. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. why are we basing relationships on that? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. In regards to, let's just say in a relationship, you have a man and woman. And I say certain aspects of it. Um, it's definitely going to be about business because, you you know, you have to take care of your household. If you guys are both working, money management, um, what you're going to invest in. Um, if you have somebody that overspends or doesn't isn't good with managing money, those you know certain aspects like that, I would say would be the business part. But you know, I don't think it should be like a transactional um, right. type of deal. And right. I think um, what you get, what you're getting down to is the transactional um, right. aspect of it. So I, I totally understand. Right. That I mean, because, okay. Yeah. So, Sister George, let me ask you a question: Would you appreciate a man coming and getting with you because you because you have money? Oh no, nah, baby! I would, right. I would exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what. That's what I'm saying. Who yeah. ever wants to feel like that? I want a man to to want to be with me because of who I am, not how much money I make, not what I drive, not where I live. Because who knows in the next next season that might not be it. 
But see, people are going off of their, they're going off of man-made standards. They're not going off of godly standards. And that's where people go wrong. Oh, I got these standards. Baby standards be too high. You want a man that make $100,000 and you get food stamps. What are we talking about? Oh, you know, I I, I think that that's interesting, but and I'm actually going to use this to pivot a bit. So when we talk about standards, as you know, speaking of standards, um, I've heard people say that the lack of standards that we have in our community is the reason for us having uh, or allowing or permitting things like Chris Brown, for example, who, you know, we know the situation with Chris Brown and um, Rihanna uh, for being so forgiving and allowing people like a Chris Brown to still profit off of the community, to still make music that we listen to every day and that we popularize by, you know, making TikTok dances off of and, you know, supporting him by way of his concerts and all the things that the fact that we don't have high enough standards for one another. And to me, that's where the confusion comes comes into place. Um, I saw where you had uh, some very interesting opinions on the recent events regarding Chris Brown, where he came out highlighting that um, he thought that it was completely unfair that it's been, you know, over a decade and he still people won't let him live down the incident that happened with rihanna where him and rihanna got into an altercation rihanna's face was bruised and you know he um said that he paid his debt to society and he felt as though his nose has been cleaned since then and we yet and still glorify situations like a Krishan and Blueface by watching them on TV, giving them a platform mm -hmm. every day. And he names some other, you know, white actors and white people who are not held to the same standard. And you have some interesting opinions about that. So what say you regarding us having two lax standards? And did you also want to talk a little bit about your overall opinions on Chris Brown's thoughts about his own situation? Um, I do feel like that, you know, um, it's uh, I, I feel like it was a lot of women. Um, it could have been some men, too. I've seen a lot of, you know, black women, you know, still holding this man accountable for what he did. But y'all. But my thing is, you can't hold Chris Brown accountable and then come in and highlight Cardi B when Cardi B came to the table and Cardi B said, I used to rob and set men up. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, and I'm gonna come to the table with a real conversation. You can't do that. I can't even trust you because how can you condone her for doing that, but then sit up here and try to convict him for doing this? They have they have made her beyond famous. Yeah. And they overlooked that she was setting someone's son up, someone brother, someone, you know what I mean? Someone's nephew, someone's family member, and they could have been killed. And who knows if someone wasn't. And then with Blueface and them, they have made them extremely famous. Extremely so famous. famous. And that relationship is so toxic. But you know what's so crazy? They they have a show that's through the roof, ratings through the roof. Anything, listen, that 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 girl could stick her tongue out and, and they're reporting on it because people want to see it. I see a whole bunch of black women in those comments. It's a few saying, oh, it's toxic, this, that, and the third. Y'all gave them a platform, though. 
Y'all gave him a platform, but y'all want to sit up here and continue to treat Chris Brown like that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I haven't heard about him doing anything. Even when that girl tried to lie on Chris Brown and say that she, um, that he raped her, they convicted him again. And how about he had proof that he didn't rape her? He didn't get no apology. It's a double standard, and it's it's not right, and it's it's not cool. It's it's fake to me. It's fake. How they don't they don't convict women, but they try to convict black men. It's fake. But they do that because they hate black men. They're not doing that because right is right, wrong is wrong. They hate black men deep down inside. And they keep that down inside for a long time. Look how long it's been. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. Uh, Danny, were you going to ask a follow-up question or did you want me to go? Yes. Go um, so when it comes down to Chris Brown, um, we recently did a, a show on our sister channel, Tough Talk, about Chris Brown and the story that never ever got out was like the incident between him and Rihanna. Rihanna's incident went viral, of course, because she was bruised, her face was bruised um, really, really bad, but until recently, and when we did the Tough Talk, that's actually when I saw his side of the story. Mm -hmm. And he said that they were actually fighting in the car. She was biting him, she was punching him. She grabbed his testicles. Um, uh, he, he was saying they were going um, down, I think down the highway or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really, really volatile, dangerous situation. And nobody ever thought to put his story, you know, being that right. it's Rihanna, light-skinned girl, um, a superstar, <laughs> right. nobody yeah. wants to put the whole entire story out there because then there will be some account for her to be held at. Right. Now, that being said, I have seen things from Chris Brown that still wouldn't make me defend him as mm-hmm. a black woman because then when it comes down to the darker skin hues of black women and how um, he's been kind of anti, you know, not letting them in sections, don't want, I don't like that kind of stuff. But, um, and then there's other incidences with women like Karuchi where she's had a restraining order against him. Um, he was standing outside of her show. You remember the famous polls where he's sitting there, you know, looking at her and stuff. And, it, you know, it was like things like that that would kind of make me second guess. But I don't think, I don't know how I feel about the domestic violence aspect. Now, be, with the Rihanna situation, I do feel that they both participated in that situation. Right. They both should have been held to account for it. Yeah. But he's walking around with the scarlet letter while she was allowed to abuse him and go on to do Super Bowl shows. She got mm-hmm. line on top of line and yeah. there ha- nobody has blinked an eye. And I, right. I, I kind of feel like there's definitely a double standard right there. Right. And do you know a lot of people, what you said, a lot of people didn't even know that. And there's a lot of situations where men, um, especially black men, are just made to be the villain. And the woman Mm -hmm. is made to be the victim. Because you know why? Nobody's looking for that man's side of the story. And that's wrong. Yes. It's wrong. I agree with that. Like, in the the crazy part is, too, I, I, I'm not familiar with him like stalking Karuchi and mm-hmm. but 
like I, I wouldn't say it for me, even him being a colorist to me, it, there's doc, there's plenty of documentation that Chris Brown is a colorist, but I say, you know, it's, you know, whether or not he's a colorist, I still don't feel like he should still have to pay a debt from when he was 19, 15 years later. And he's pay, you know, comp complied with the courts. He's done everything that he was required to do. Like mm. I can put my personal feelings aside about him being a colorist and still be honest in, in because if it were my son, my, my father, my, you know, I wouldn't want them to still be, you know, I wouldn't want them to be held to a higher standard than someone else and continuously be punished for a crime that they paid their debt to society for. So I can put my personal feelings aside and still say, I don't think that, you know, he should continue to be punished for something that he's paid his debt for personally, you know, in, in my, my opinion. But I do have a question for you when we talk about women and, you know, um, in reference to women, do you feel that women are allowed to make mistakes and be, you know, and be redeemed for them? Because when we think about even a situation like Centoya Brown, or we think about there was a situation where a young girl, her name escapes me in Iowa, um, she, um, you know, um, unalived somebody who she alleged was a John and, you know, not, not the pimp, but the John and she was 15 and she got, um, she got off pretty much scot-free and the courts essentially just said she had to pay like a hundred thousand dollars, which, which is part of the law. They weren't like, you know, um, doing something um, sinister to her, that was actually something that they could not override. So she did have to pay the $100,000 restitution. And I think there was a GoFundMe that within 24 hours, they raised like $350,000 to pay her restitution. And she still escaped from the halfway or not the halfway house, the like lit the um I know you're talking communal about. living place that she was living yeah. in. And people were still rallying for her, rooting for her, saying they hope she got away, despite the fact that the judge was essentially giving her an awesome, you know, opportunity. He was having part of her um court order was that she go to college, she get her like he was putting programs in place to ensure mm -hmm. that she could, you know, live a whole fulfilled life. And mm -hmm. so, you know, looking at situations like that then you have the John Morant the, the Chris Brown do you think that you know there is a clear and present double standard where women are allowed to be forgiven for their mistakes and allowed to redeem deem themselves and our young black men aren't yeah the 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 case you're talking about um she was a minor am I right yeah she was 15 mm -hmm. yeah she was a minor mm -hmm. I really like wouldn't incorporate that but what I would say is people have more compassion for black women than they do black men. Let's use the mother um, in um, Texas. Y'all might've heard about this. The mom that went to Alabama, left her two young children in the house by herself. I and I posted about this story because I'm gonna tell you something, it didn't get a lot of headline like other stories do. A few people posted about it. But when I posted it, there were so many women in my comments making excuses. And I said, you know, I can't respect that because as a mother, you don't leave your children in Texas 12 and five, I think it was. So so you you basically made your 12 year old, uh, you gave your 12 year old the responsibility of being a mother mm -hmm. to a five year old. And you went to mm -hmm. Alabama and did whatever you were doing, posting on Facebook, posting her her butt and you know men on there oh, like yeah. oh, okay. Now I know. Mm -hmm. Hold up. 
hold up. Absolutely not. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and women were in my comments talking about, well, something had to be wrong with her. She had to have a mental illness. And <laughs> up all these excuses for bad, bad oh. behavior is bad behavior. Facts. It I don't see it matter every day. You, a, a, a man or a woman. Bad behavior is bad behavior. If that was a black man, they would have tried to hang him, execute him, all that. It would have been viral mm -hmm. out of this world. So, yes. I feel like our community, our community handles things differently. There's more compassion when it comes to a woman and when she does things and when she messes up. There's no mm -hmm. compassion for the black man. There's none. I agree. And then when you look at and that's why I used that situation, because what did Chris Brown say? He was, what, 17 in that situation? Yeah, she was 15. Younger. They're both young adults. Like okay, their yeah. reasoning isn't developed in either one of those situations. Even when we look at Jay Moran, his, your reasoning isn't fully developed for most people until age 25 or later in some right. instances. So right. like literally and, I, you know, like I get and I, I believe in people being able to redeem themselves. I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't forgive black women, black young girls who, you know, had a, had it hard, had a hard life. But I'm saying let's give black young men those that same grace. The let's same, give them exactly, the same grace. Exactly. That same compassion. I've let me tell you something. Um in in our community, it's it's getting so bad that um black women are getting away with a lot of things they're getting away with a lot we don't we don't talk about you know um when when people say chris brown is a colorist mm -hmm. other black women come down on other black women about being dark-skinned light-skinned black yeah. women come down on other you know dark-skinned black women why are we talking about that at a high rate you see what I'm saying? Why don't we come right. to the table and talk about that? Because it's wrong. Some it's some light-skinned women that think that they're better than women of darker shades. We don't come and talk about that. But y'all want to talk about Chris Brown being colorist. Black women are colorist against other black women. Oh, yeah. Talk about that first. Mm -hmm. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Then you have you have the black women that are sitting up here abusing their children. And you know why black women can abuse their children and get away with it for so long? Because nobody holds black women accountable. Mm. Nobody holds black women accountable. There's no accountability. Mm -hmm. they, they're not taking responsibility. So they can just be manipulative. They can hurt their yeah. children. They could do whatever they want to do. And it's going to go on for years. Let a black man do that. It's it's immediately addressed. He's yeah. immediately going to jail. These women, let me say something. These women are sitting up and giving, they're giving men, pedophile men, access to their children. Nobody's oh, yeah. Nobody's saying that about that, though. Children been molested for years. 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 Had to go mm -hmm. through that for years. I know That's a young right. woman I'm in contact with right now. Her stepdad was molesting her for years. Her mom, he he went, he's in prison right now. Her mom was still with him. He had a going away party for him and everything before he went to prison. I wouldn't have showed up at that party. Wow. For what? Are you are you kidding me right now? Wow. No accountability. They're not held responsible for nothing. Mm -hmm. You can sit up and you can hold you can you can um keep your child from their father, but give a man that want to sleep with them and touch them access to them. Mm, How do honey. Mm. These are the conversations that, that aren't had though. Yeah. 
let me read the super chats. Um, a shout out to Uncle Stu, old man on the block. He says, salute, salute the best three women in the house. Amen to that. Thank you so Thank much you, for Uncle that, Stu. Uncle Stu. And B, you're you going to be all right, honey. But uh, shout out <laughs> to you anyway. He said, high oh concrete. <laughs> Kudos for having a guest this week who isn't a nutcase. Oh, my Shalakinia gosh. seems loyal <laughs> to her subs. Unlike someone whose name rhymes with Fanny, who I won't mention. Anyway, have a good show. <laughs> B, you just messy as all get out. B, you do not have to be that messy. You do not. <laughs> Talking about rhymes with Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> He's ridiculous. Oh I'm my gosh. Tired. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Eugene Steele. He said, God gave them their attributes and figures because God gave them gave them assignments but because some men abuse their features and attributes all men are stereotyped as aggressive um thank you so much for that eugene i appreciate that okay he said he asked for you to read it sorry oh, i'm sorry, sorry. I, I got you next time boo um i do have a question for you though um do you uh, do you think like, you know, uh, oh, this was, I think this was on our sister station or, or did we talk about this a minute ago? We talked about this earlier today and um, yeah, I, I, I'm delirious because I'm so tired, but um, where we were highlighting the high rates of, yeah, just earlier, just a little bit ago, high rates of suicide in men and, and black men specifically. Um, and part to me, part of those that high rate of suicide in men, and I've seen lots of studies that say this too, is, you know, there's a lot of undue stress on men, like men carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. And I think that as women, as a community of people, that we play a role by creating these unrealistic standards of perfection, but for men, that like, essentially, you can't make a mistake, that if you make a mistake, that you will not be forgiven, especially for our young boys, when we look at like, uh, Jay Morant, and I certainly want to get your take on that whole situation where we know, you know, he's 23, he comes from the hood, he clearly has made a series of bad decisions, and he's paying the financial price for them, and we don't even know what um, the ultimate outcome will be for his punishment because of the mistakes or because of the choices that he made. Um, however, I've seen a plethora of comments, and they're not just from Black women, from the Black community, like, hanging mm -hmm. this man, essentially. I mean, you know, just very, you know, he's stupid, he's he's an idiot, he's a fool, How like, he eat everything but a child of God, and we're very hard on them, on him, mm -hmm. and... Um, I, I think about like the undue stress that men have and the standards of perfection, not to say he was far from perfect. However, mm. there's very little room for black men to make mistakes and be redeemed once mm. doing it. So I wanted to know what your thoughts are on that statement and also what your thoughts are on the whole um, John Morant situation and it, if he will be able to redeem himself. I think that um, that's so true. There's no room for error um, with them. Um, I posted a video, um, I'm not sure if y'all seen it, with a young boy 
he had to be no more than 13. And um, he's black. His mother, um, the sh he was on a show. I forget what the show was called. But as um, the show host said, you know, it's something that your mom said to you that, you know, made oh, you I've seen it. What did she say? He said that my mom said that um, she hated me and she wished I was dead. And do we know at um, that age what that does to the mental health of a young man? And my point in bringing awareness to that is that do you understand how she just tore him down? The one um, one of the two people outside of his father that you are supposed to trust. You are supposed to be able to trust your mother. When your mother comes and says something like that, how do you trust her? How do you love her? How do you not look at her different? How do you not look at black women different? So now he's going to grow up, probably get in a relationship with a woman and project on her. Why? Because of something his mom started. I feel like with a lot of um, black men, we're not, we're not compassionate enough and we're not looking at what they've been through. Us black women, we're, we're, you know, we voice it, you know, I was abused when I was younger. This, I went through this, I went through that. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is why she's the way she is. You know, we're so sorry. How can we help? Black men don't get that. It's like, it's like you can handle it. This is what people say to black, you can handle it. You strong, suck it up. You know, no, they're human like we're human. They go through things like we go through things. Imagine a black man that had been um, molested. And can't talk about it because why society's gonna say they're gay. That's their response to black men that have been molested and raped. You're gay. What? Charlotte Kimmy, is that you knocking? No. Oh, yeah. you can what hear tapping. There, yeah, there's a, a tap a, a knocking or a tap. No. Nope. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I'm not <laughs> it comes and goes. Okay. But yeah, I'm saying like that's the response. If a woman says she was raped, everybody's very compassionate. You know, she supported. We're not supporting our black men in that space. They didn't ask that. They didn't, you know what I mean? Like, who asked to be molested? Who asks to be be raped? And I've had, and you surprisingly, me being in this space, a lot of black men have vented to me and told me they were molested yep. by women and men growing up. Yep. But they could never tell anybody. So they're walking around with a burden that they didn't bear on themselves and no one to talk to about it. So I'm not making any excuses for any bad behavior. I'm not, but I feel like mental health plays a big part. Where is their counseling? Where is their anger management? Where, where is their outlet? We all, we all need that, but, but they don't get it. The, that guy that you were talking about, I'm not familiar with his situation. Oh, okay. It was a basketball player. Um, he's yeah, 23 years old, and he had um, posted a picture of himself with the pew pew on his IG, and he plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, and he has this big contract, and he was actually in Denver, so at an away game, and he post foolishly posted a picture of himself with a pew pew, and um. As a result of that, you know, he was immediately suspended and he is facing possible suspension of up to 50 games because you can't have a pew pew on, you know, um, like NBA property or anything like that. And they're saying they're trying to figure out how 
he got it because he was at an away game and I think they must have traveled via the NBA transportation. And like I said, he's 23. He has been allegedly seen like throwing up crip signs. Like, I guess on like when he's like winning and he's excited, he's like throwing up crip signs on like the basketball floor on like the arena floor. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, I think like, you know, videos flashing money. I think he also slapped someone. So he's gotten into quite a bit of trouble and people are saying they're like, you know, I've, I've seen mixed reviews. This could turn out to be another Aaron Hernandez situation. So it's good that they nip it in the bud now and then and they should get him out of there. And he's been given this opportunity and literally an opportunity that is changing your life and the life of your family members. And then you go and jag it off by doing something so foolish and trying to still be relevant in the hood by posting with that. But then we've heard from actual basketball players. I can't think of who it was. Oh, his name escapes me who have said that, you know, they struggle too making that transition to the NBA that, you know, coming from the hood, you kind of, you know, um, you, you, you struggle trying to break away from that life and that it took them a couple years and they were doing knucklehead stuff the first couple years. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, who was that? I can't, Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. I forgot who it was, but anyways, uh, you know, what he did was completely foolish. He, it, he should be, you know, face some sort of consequences for what he did because it was dumb. And I think if not, he could do worse things, but um, I, you know, I'm just wondering, is the, can he possibly redeem himself? Should he lose his entire career for the things that he's done? I, I don't think I don't think he should lose everything. But can I can I just say something really quick? Can can we stop um, addressing black men as niggas, please? I don't. But yeah, <laughs> not, no, not not y'all. No, no, yeah, no, I know. I've seen a comment, and I don't oh. I don't understand why we address them in that way. We don't want them to address us as beings. You know, so why should you know we address them? Um, you know, in that yeah. in that way, um, I feel like he can redeem himself. One thing that sticks out to me is you said that he was throwing up gang signs, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And um, to be honest with you, I don't understand, and people might not, you know, be in favor of this. I don't understand why people have a problem with him doing that. With gang signs? Yeah. Wait, really? I'm 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 going to explain. Okay. Um, it's like why are we highlighting that he's doing that when um other people do the same thing? We we need to address it as a whole though. So um, and and we also have to understand where some of these men come from. Some of these men, you know, I don't even like to really call them gangs. I I really you know will call them organizations because, um. I don't I don't really look at them as gangs. I know some organizations that, you know, um, they're they're like more like brotherhoods that a lot of people Mm. won't see because they don't they don't show that part of it. They just show people, you know, the gang banging part of some of these organizations because that's what they want people to see. They don't show you the togetherness. They don't show you the brotherhood of some of these organizations. They just don't, Um, you know, but why don't they do the same thing with the people in the KKK? I think when, they, and I'm, I'm not justifying what's going on. I'm saying why only point. do it to black people? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. White people mm-hmm. throw up certain signs and all type of things all the time. They're not mm-hmm. taking their money. They're not, they're not taking contracts. 
They're not sex. We don't even I, hear about it. Like when well, it's biker I, I, gangs and they have their patches, their emblems, their flags and everything. They justify why they can have those kind of things. Why don't they label them as gangs? But what about the aspect of, okay, so as a person that was in a gang before, um, there are certain aspects of gang culture that is hella manipulative to young boys right? that's coming up. And you have older men who have them out doing things that are illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a in a brotherhood aspect, I think that's I don't don't get me wrong. I do think that's a portion of it, but there's a big portion of it that's um, manipulative, crime written, and just all out wrong. And then uh-huh. when it comes down to um, boys, like with Jay Morant, I think a lot of people look at it as though you are out of a situation to where you don't have to do these things anymore because you have a certain lifestyle. Um, you've been able to obtain the money. You were number two drafted, number two in the, in the U wow. number two. Um, and so a lot of people will kind of hold him to account because they're saying, these are things that you don't have to do. You're not in the same position, but I think there's a mentality that, even if you get the money, the mentality may still be there. And mm-hmm. people don't talk about what types of mentality and how long those types of program, like how long that, that takes that type of programming to undo. Because exactly. you don't end up away overnight. Exactly. You, when you just throw, and look at rappers. Look at mm-hmm. rappers. You're taking somebody out point. of the deepest part of the right. hood and you giving them millions of dollars and you're ju- you're not giving them exactly. financial counseling. You're not... But the difference between Jay Morant, though, the difference between Jay Morant as opposed to a rapper, the NBA does focus on training them on certain yeah. aspects of like money management, how how quick and fast that a lot of black players go broke or players in general go broke. Um, and so with him, I think people are probably going to be a little less forgiving because they feel like, yeah. well, you've got all these things. But it's psychological. Like, yeah, you in the the NBA and, you know, these organizations, they do have a lot of resources set up to try to set you up for success. And I think that that's dope. But they're doing a lot better than a lot of other industries. But a lot of it is psychological. And we still can't ignore that piece that it's still going to take time and happen over time. But when we talk about gang signs, I ain't even gonna lie. I ain't never been nowhere near no gang. However, when I was a kid, I was like, 11 to 13 i used to be with my little girlfriends and mind you we lived in the middle of a cornfield but it was a just a few black girls and we swore we were like lady gangsters <laughs> you couldn't tell us that we wouldn't so we would be like seeing gang signs and throwing up like didn't even know how to do it correctly but not at 20 something so but i do like understand the ignorance and i do know that people think oh like my nephews i have nephews that my um sister's like you know um I saw I found pictures on his social media where he throwing up gangs up. Baby don't know nothing about no gang. Granted, he's 13 years old, but still, like, so I do know 
people do it because it's cool and they're not necessarily gang affiliated. Nonetheless, it does signify a problem, a serious one that does need to be addressed. And, you know, it could, and I know that, you know, gangs didn't originally start out that way. I know that there were some, you know, the origin of gangs were brotherhood and some of them were political organizations. So I understand, you know, um, what you're saying behind that too. But like, you know, we know what the Crips is about for the most part too. So I do think it's cause for pause, if nothing else. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I really don't feel like that. I've, I've spoke to many men in high positions and, Mm -hmm. and they're affiliated and, but they're in a community, um, you know, they're, they're coaching these young men, you know, they have programs, you know, to try to save these young men from, you know, going to prison and getting into these different things. I feel like society and the media, makes these different organizations what they are there's there's a good and a bad to everything can we can we agree on that there's a good and a bad to everything yeah and everybody that's committing a crime isn't affiliated i agree there's a good and a bad to everything and these um the the police organizations will try to associate every crime to a gang and Mm -hmm. i do know that like first of all two things a lot of people turn to gangs as family, as protection, yeah. as, you know, yeah. your mom is on drugs or something like yeah. that, like literally as a, um, you know, as protection and as family, like, you know, people mm. from like, that's how you eat. That's how you eat because you wouldn't otherwise is mm. so you like, this is all you have as a family. So I understand that's, you know, too. And mm. I understand what like from like a hood aspect, Although I lived in the middle of a cornfield, when I started dating my ex, like he was from the south side of Chicago and he was from the hundreds and we went back very frequently. So I understood one thing about gang culture when they're like in the inner city of Chicago, when there was somebody that was a good athlete. You wasn't t- getting into no gang activities. They weren't letting you. The, the drug dealers was buying your shoes, your clothes. They was giving you money for school. Yeah. But if you were to ever become successful, you owe dues too. You was kind of <laughs> like you owe the community because the community look they made you literally you had the freshest of everything. George, like the 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 community, the gangs, the drug dealers, whomever took care of those who they thought you know um, had potential. And they they took care of the community. Yeah. They didn't like you getting involved in street activity because they didn't want you jagging off your opportunity because they felt like you can make it, you know? Right. My my thing is why why don't they ever speak on um white gangs? They don't even I mean let, let's be real, let's have a real conversation. They don't label them as gangs though. Nope. But they want us to have a bad outlook on Crips and Bloods and GDs and they want us to have this bad outlook. And I really can't have a bad outlook because a lot of them are doing a lot of good. There's a gang banging side and then there's a side where these men are being productive in the community. Very productive. You see what I'm saying? They're not going to show them being productive, though, because they don't want us to have that type of outlook. And that's why we have to do our own research and, and you know, develop our, our own thing about them. We can't go off what they say because the KKK, I'm in Pennsylvania. They meet, they meet up in this other city and it's legal. It's legal for them to get together. 
the yeah. KKK and march around yeah. with their white hoods on and everything, but they're not they're not considered a gang. They won't even label them a domestic terrorist group. They're killing people. But too. you know what? The NOI is the NOI. The Nation of Islam is 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 deemed as a domestic terrorist group, but the KKK isn't. But the it's KKK wild. ain't nothing. And they'll t- like yeah. people have sat up here, you know, in Pennsylvania and said, "Why are they allowed to do that?" We we know what they're about. That's yeah. the gang. If if we want to be real, that's the gang. That's the gang against black people. They hate black people. But why aren't they talking about the flags that they have, the signs that they throw up, the things that they do, but they want to talk about this young black man that came from the hood, that probably, the Crips was probably, you know, his family. They probably looked out for him. It was like a, you know, a brotherhood for him, whatever it was for him. But they want to highlight that. But they don't want to highlight the gang against black people. I can't, I can't go with that. And I'm not sitting up here saying that people aren't robbing and stealing and, and there's a gang banging side to things. I'm not saying that. But don't let's not just come to the table and talk about the gang banging side of things when a lot mm. of these men are being productive. That's wrong. Wow. I'm gonna read the super chats and then I have a question for you. Uh <laughs> shout out to Black Wizard. He says, I love your compassion. Thank you for showing up today. And Shalakimi, I I know that's directed towards you because <laughs> I'm sure it's for everybody. Because he'll never tell us stuff like that. So it no. gotta be <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh shout out to Dane C. He says the Ray Rice domestic violence situation changed the game with how professional sports leagues respond to players off the field bad behaviors. Um, um, I actually agree with that, Dane. I think that's a good point. Um, shout out to Andrew Wilkins. He says gang signs are Masonic signs. Bloods and Crips do both do the peace sign, Masonic kingpin sign. Um, the triple sixes, a satanic sign is thrown up when players hit threes, which is, uh, I don't know. Oh, I didn't up. know that. You know, with the, like, like the, but I did know that the six point star was like, you know, which is the star of David, oh, David. is yeah. used for like GDs. Like, and I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, that's that's in the Bible. Y'all shouldn't, but they use the six don't point talk star. About as my, their... Don't talk about my, never mind, child. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I did know that. <laughs> don't talk about, I, I'm real, real. Some, I should have, never mind, child. Don't talk about Listen, that. somehow I know that. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Black Wizard. Um, he says he may not have meant anything by it, but gang signs have consequences. It attracts a certain type, a certain kind of attention. If I'd say don't throw them up if you don't want the kind of attention that comes with it. Um, thank you so much for that. That was a good point. Um, shout out to Koja Malik. She says climbing Bammy Mountain. Baby, y'all can't hold it. Y'all can't hold it. Y'all got to relax, baby. Relax, <laughs> relax, relax. Uh, shout out to Eugene Steele again. Thank you so much, Eugene. He says fraternities and sororities in the Divine Nine okay. have signs too. That's um, true. And, and they beat your they ass uh, for initiations and stuff too, honey. You going exactly. through probably well, a worse initiation than what you would go through through a game. Exactly. So would he be ostracized? Would he? Would would there be bad press if he was throwing up divine nine signs? Throwing up it, the I'm, I'm telling y'all, it's because it's because they want they want us to view those organizations as bad because those organizations, to be honest with you, they're they're a threat. 
their threat. They have a certain system, not the gang banging side of things, but they have a certain system that threatens other systems. You have to understand that their togetherness, their brotherhood, and I know it's women in there too, but you know, it threatens the system. But then, like you said, fraternity have signs, nobody's offended. Nobody's offended. People, they come up against what they're threatened by. A lot of different organizations have, have signs. It's not just Bloods and Crips and GDs and come on. But but yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. only people they're going to highlight because they're a threat. Yes. And we have to be conscious of, of that. Now, I have a question for you. And this is concerning Nicki Minaj and Kenneth Petty. Hmm. And so... I have kind of made an observation that I think people are willing to let Kenneth Petty forgive Kenneth Petty. Um, initially, when the allegations and charges and stuff, all that stuff came to light, you know, a lot of women were like, F Nikki, F Kenneth, F all of that stuff, F them, you know, it's, it, we're not dealing with it. And then she comes out with a new single and you don't have the same response in regards to her husband as there once was. And I think it's almost to a point to where a lot of it has kind of died down mm -hmm. because of her positioning. And I wanted to know your thought process on that. Um, mm -hmm. Did you see a die down with it? And what do you think about um, him being held accountable and redemption for him or men like him? Um, I've been on the fence a lot. Um, I I love um, Nicki Minaj. I used to. I used to really, really love her. And I said I love her now. Um, that right there kind of put me on the fence a little bit. But then, um, leave that comment up there. I want to say something to that um, when I'm done. Um, I was kind of on the fence because there was things that came out about the woman that were kind of questionable. So and then like when I was reading about like the details of the case, it was more of like her word against his. I'm not saying he didn't do it or he did do it. I don't know. But I didn't know anything about it until he started being with Nicki Minaj. And then the fact and, and this is what I have. Um, this is my problem with a lot of sexual assault cases and rape cases. If, if um, hypothetically, if I was raped or I was sexually assaulted, um, I'm not looking for compensation. You can never compensate for for raping me or or you can't compensate for that. That part kind of confused me, y'all. And I don't know if y'all read that part about the money. That kind of confused me. Um, I've seen that. And to me, I kind of feel like this. I feel like I feel like there's a place for compensation for a sexual assault victim because I do think I know people that have been sexually assaulted when they were children and they're still mm -hmm. reeling from the effects of it. So I do mm -hmm. think that uh, you could potentially be um, um, have like a lifetime of therapy. So I do think that there is a place for some compensation. But my issue with it is this. When I see the women who solely go after compensation. So Kenneth Petty actually did do time for right. his charges. There was criminal and a civil complaint. But if you notice in a lot of these situations, I think even most uh, like, you know, in a lot of these situations, you have women 
who solely go after civil, like a civil case. They right. don't even pursue a criminal complaint. How no. is that? So you don't care if he's able to do this to someone else. That right. in and of itself is mind boggling to me. And or the women who will do like Deborah Lee did and say, I was in a consensual relationship with him and Deborah Lee, a BET and say, I was in a consensual relationship with him. And he told me if I wanted to keep my career, I had to keep this relationship going. So you willingly kept the relationship going because you didn't want to lose something that you saw beneficial to you. That, see that as problem. You hurt another woman though. You hurt yeah. another woman though. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I couldn't respect. Like, why would you be yeah. sleeping with that woman's husband? Like you could have went and got your own man. She had I, one. I mean, that's what I feel. She, she was went married. Got her own she did. Woman, but she she wanted did. to sleep with this woman's husband, and then and then this woman. And and let's think about it. If I was that that woman, I'd be sitting up like these people praised her for all these years mm-hmm. for all this stuff, and she was sleeping with my husband. You see what I'm saying? Like I would feel like, well, dang, like that's a slap in the face. The whole world yeah. feels like this about Deborah Lee, and she was sitting up here sleeping with my husband the whole time. And she's literally associating what happened with her to me too. Like, yeah. no, no, sis, that's not that. Baby, the leaps and bounds that they make. Yeah, that was kind of wild. Mm. I um wanted to kind of weigh in on the Nikki thing. I think that when it comes down to accountability or redemption, it's about who's popular. You get all types of redemption if you're deemed as popular or what people want to see. Um, just like when you when we talk about Christian Rock and Blueface, um, people are attracted to Christian Rock's personality. And so they want to see Christian Rock cut up and act a damn fool. Yeah. Um, and then even when it came down to Nicki Minaj, um, it was one of those things to where he was tried and convicted. And I look at it. Not that you can take every case and say, okay, A, B, C, D happened, but uh, a lot of things that I saw from the girl, some of the things were shaky, but there were some things that I actually believed about the case from her account. Mm-hmm. And so I look at it and I, and I, I'm, my, my thought process was the same black women who will talk about what men are doing to them and they're unaliving us every five hours and Mm -hmm. they're doing this and they're doing that. But then when it comes to a case that's uh, where a man was tried and convicted, you have the woman's testimony and everything else. Those same women become quiet as church mice um, when it comes down to holding men like that accountable. And then we've had instances where we've seen people in this very space who have had multiple, multiple uh, um, charges uh, where it came to assaulting. If they weren't sexually assaulting, then they were beating women. And you still have women that will go support, but then will sit around and point the finger at everybody else. Like it's nothing. And I, I, I just personally i think there are certain people that there aren't any redemption for period but i look at it on men and women so if it came down to a woman doing the sexual assault you don't get a pass it's do not pass i can't forget i don't have it in my heart they do give them a pass like have you heard about the teacher that was sexually abusing her students 
we did a tough talk on it yeah. this morning. We yeah, we actually did. And there's been like three or four to come out. There was a lunch yes. lady. There's been a teacher. There was, there's been like three or four in the last week that, that have yes. come out. Do you see that that story is not on major platforms? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not. It is not You're on right. major platforms. You see, mm-hmm. you know, smaller um, platforms, you know, speaking about it. There, there has been no major coverage on that. Why? Why? The complexion for protection for one. <laughs> but yeah, then, you, you know what? I can't even say that because we do the same thing in our community as it pertains to black women um, bil- victimizing um, boys. Black women are the white women uh, of the black community when it comes down to sex. Because it's a boy. If it was a girl, yeah. it would be completely different. If I'm it was a, a black woman, y'all, the black woman. I didn't see a black woman yeah, sexually assaulted. Saw assaulted and was grooming her students. I ain't see I posted that. One. It, I posted it on my page. I think like two day two days ago. It didn't get a lot of you know traction mm. um, like that. For one minute to go back to Nicki Minaj, I heard a recording from the victim that kind of had me on the fence. Gotcha. About um, I don't know if y'all heard that on social media. It was a recording going around from her where. Um, you know, they had people start circulating it that kind of contradict her saying that he raped her. It was, um, you, I heard the recording. You heard it? I, I did hear the recording. And I think that that was something that said that it was context about it because they, they talked about the recording and then it was like, um, not that she changed stuff up, but she had said some things at one point. Mm-hmm. She rec- she recanted her story because yeah. she, she was receiving all types of threats. Yeah, um, and Nicki Minaj people. had offered her somebody from Nicki's camp offered her money. Right. Okay. And then when it comes down to celebrity and what um, some people would do to stay on top, um, you know, I don't know. I don't. I've never. I, I like this the whole thing. And then with Nicki Minaj's brother. And her brother actually being convicted of right. yeah. that situation, and she was still supportive of her brother. It still kind of had. Now that that's the thing that kind of makes me side eye a lot of those situations because I'm sitting there like, because it's been multiple. And I, 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 that's what I wanted to talk about. I want, uh, I want Shalakimia to be able to respond to this, but that ties into my next question regarding, like, as a community, should we have some set of standards, like that some things, like you know, you right. can't, like, aren't, aren't forgivable. Like you might, maybe you can't redeem yourself for mm. certain things, like because right. for me, I do believe that there are some things that. Um, we can't forget about like some crimes that are so heinous that you commit against people that um you should be ostracized and this is coming i'm an empath and 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 it took me a long time to get to this place my husband is 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 a conscious man and he is very much black power and I used to be like, no, you know, all black people should be able to come. Like we, we go, we need to be able to build an ark and all of our people can come. And he's like, no, nah, not everybody can come. And he started to, the more we started to dialogue about the subject, the more that I started to shift my mind around it. And I do believe that there are some sins that are committed against our people, against our children, against our babies that are unforgivable and that we, we have to, they have to come from among us. And I wanted to know your thoughts on that, but I know you wanted to, you've been waiting to respond to this. So I wanted to allow you to. 
Yeah, um, well, she says drug and gang culture is, is not positive. Um, I, I feel like that's just like, I, I don't think that's a good statement to make. Because when people make that statement, they're, they're making that about black people. They're not making that about other people. They're making that about black people. How many white gangs have, have do we have a conversation about? But see, we participate in the demise of our own people. Because at the end of the day, we didn't bring drugs over here. We had no no way to bring drugs over here. We didn't bring drugs here. Just to be honest, we didn't we didn't have that type of power to start bringing drugs over here. So who start supplying our community in in the United States with drugs? But see, we sit up and and it's 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 people like this that just go off of the media and what society say. We gotta start thinking for ourselves and get into the root of the problem. Why did people start getting in with? The government labels as gangs instead of organizations. See, they can label their people as organizations, but label our people as gangs. But then comments like this, we participate in it. I don't participate in that. I just don't because it's, it's yeah. not right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I mean, any conscious person knows that's wrong. They don't label their people as gangs. They You're label actually them, right. I- them as organizations, uh-huh. but we're gangs though. And we they participate do. like this. I saw a recent news article where there was a huge drug and gun bust of some individuals that were associated with the biker gang and they refused to call them a gang. The new, like the, the, the prosecutor was like, like very, he, he was like, I mean, there were like 15 people involved in this gang that were associated with the drugs and the guns. And he still, um, made them individuals and isolated them from the gang even though they're like the majority of the gang is involved in the drug dealing in the like they re- and people were calling it out like so you refusing to associate you know um categorize them as a gang and acting as it, he was like they are you know how they were making this uh, whatever the biker gang's name was, uh, w- was a poor reflection on the bi- No, that is the biker gang. So right. you're right. They refuse right. to label themselves as but gangs and as thugs. Yeah, the but thing. they'll glorify other aspects of their culture. Exactly. Um, even when it comes, like, if it comes down to, like, a mob movie and mobsters and people come yeah. and hit... Well, we we gonna we gonna go and we gonna watch all the movies. We sitting there big up in the shit, um, and it's glorified. And and the media yeah. is totally glorified. Like yeah. being a mobster is like, oh, it's cool. we he glorified too. Yeah. Black people glorified too. Let me tell you That's something. Who didn't, have yeah. that, who didn't have that poster of what's his name? Um, with the um, what's his name? Yeah. Scarface, who didn't have a scarface? it though. But yes. then our people, our people are always. It's like the KKK and all all the other organizations we probably don't even know about. The the breakdown of them, you know, is up here, and they're registered as organizations. Mm-hmm. I know in Pennsylvania, they're registered as an organization. That's how they are able to go out there with their white hoods and march yeah. during the day. They're able to do that. But then Bloods and Crips and GDs and all the other people are down are down here. Oh, they're so bad. And they'll, you know, they gang banging drugs. And who gave it to them? But let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think they contribute what? to their own imaging? Who? The Bloods and GDs. And I'm saying oh. like... Um, Negative and, imaging. Yeah. That's I, would say, I would say... Um, I would say some... 
It depends on the individual. That's just like if, if we come together and we put together an organization for women, right? Mm-hmm. And, and us three come together and our mission is to empower, inspire, and motivate, right? That's that's our mindset. Mm-hmm. The people that come in, we can't we can't account for what they do. So the the bloods, the crips, the GDs, you know, they may have had had an organization mindset. This is how we gonna organize things. This is how things is gonna go. We about growth, education, development, all that. They can say all of that, right? But then mm-hmm. you can't really account for an individual. So say I no longer wanna you know go by what y'all we what we all put in place, and I wanna go a whole nother way. Y'all can't, y'all can't control what I want to do as an individual. Right. I control me. Yeah. So if they bring people in and, and they're trying to mentor people and people feel like, oh, well, you know, because society or whatever have put out there also about drugs and gang banging and some come, some come in and want to do that because they think that's what it's about. But then you got the older people in the organizations that's trying to say, nah, that's not the way you see what I'm saying. So it's like, it's like in. It's like these organizations are broken to two now because it's it's the gang banging and then you have the older ones that are trying to empower. They're trying, but, they're doing, you know, their best. But it's like, how can you, how can you, how can you do that when people rely on the media and society? They rely on, oh, they're a gang, and and they're they're committing all these crimes, and they're doing this and they're doing that. But they don't highlight how these organizations feed the community pour into the community have community centers they're mentoring the youth they don't they don't highlight that see i i always looked at it like i think that that was the origin and from my understanding of like a lot of these gangs you know i know specifically like in chicago um a lot of them that that they had good origins that they had you know wholesome mm-hmm. origins even yeah, but right. that um that they kind of went wayward that and even if there are a few uh that the, that the people who still want to do good under the name of the gang are so few and far and few between that the major especially because like the younger generation that they're you know committing crimes in the name of the gangs and stuff so that that the the image of said gangs now are permeated with you know robbing, stealing, and killing because the older leaders there's so few of them and there's no structure like you know at one point in time even still as recent as like the 90s there was still structure in gangs in Chicago like they had um, organization where it was like there were generals there were lieutenants and people there was like order you reported up to right. you know whomever and you know, orders were still being given. And now people don't respect that. And they have different branches of their own gangs within gangs. And it's like, it's hard to maintain structure with new wild cats who ain't trying to respect that. But what's the difference? I I feel like there's still a lot of structure um, amongst many of them, right? But let's take the police. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The police... It's the same thing with the police. They bring people into the police force, train them up, you know, to what they want. And what do some of these police do? They still kill people. 
They're still mm-hmm. taking bribes. They're still moving drugs. They're still you. You. I mean, what I'm saying is the people at the top really can't control that until it comes to their attention. That's with anything. So why hold these? Why hold these organizations, says gangs, to something that we're not holding other people to? But what happens with the police? Because of the fact that there's a few bad apples, the whole now look at look at the overall perception of policing. Most right. of us are like policing is crap. Like all of y'all are bad apples because you're complicit by proxy. You're complicit yeah. by the fact that you are also a police officer. I have family and friends that are police officer people. I know, you know, close friends and stuff, and they may be like, okay, they ain't doing the dirt that these police right. officers are doing, but right. they still get hate. They know not to go nowhere in that uniform or with right. their bags around their necks or whatever because people are, like can't stand them, you know. So as a result, like those few bad apples, if it's a few, mm-hmm. um, have like ruined the image of policing, and the community mm-hmm. is now like all of y'all are trash. You know, they put them all in the same category, and it's not yeah. it's it's not all of them. But you know what? That rule right there applies to everybody. All yeah. all gangs organizations aren't like that either. But you know what I, mean? I don't know, Shalakemia, because I'm looking at it from the aspect of like what it started off as versus Mm -hmm. where it ended up and i'm not in a i'm not in a community to where i i would see or you know what i'm saying like i don't have the same interactions but to me it would be a difference like we know what gang culture represents we know what that represents i'm not hearing rappers or any like uh, rappers that especially rappers that would be involved in the culture get out and say okay this is not what this represents anymore there's still a certain um stigma behind it because you have a lot of rappers and black men that are a part of it pushing for it when they out the window with guns and they wearing rags and they throwing up signs and they telling you they'll kill you and your whole damn that's the thing that um kind of ruins the um overall picture like especially what it started out to be because what it started out to be was for the community um and they worked in conjunction to um what was the group that helped uh get welfare started wick you mean black panthers yeah the black panthers a lot they were working in conjunction with a lot of with organizations like that but i think when you have rappers and others um that participate in it and you're not talking about these things but you're talking about the violent side of it i think Mm -hmm. that's why we do look at a lot of us do look at when we hear gangs we like oh 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 crap let let me get out the way oh crap i'm not going in that neighborhood oh crap if i go over here let me take certain types of precautions then with all the rappers that have been killed over the last few years Mm -hmm. and some of them having gang affiliations um i'm not gonna say that these rappers have never helped out with their communities because a lot of them did but they glorified certain aspects of that culture and I feel like that's why we have a certain view on it because certain certain aspects of the culture was glorified by the men themselves. And I, I want to know your opinion on that. Um, I, I really, I don't agree with that. I mean, I know that some are a misrepresentation, but let's be honest, that's not just amongst them. 
That's amongst all of us. And we look at that misrepresentation and I feel like we don't get yeah. to know, you know, the backside to it. That That's mm-hmm. with, that's with anything. I feel like the people that are speaking up about it and doing things about it, they're not really heard because what? They're probably not a rapper. They probably don't have the following, but there are, I feel like there are men out here that are representing it in the right way and trying to get that message out there. But that's with anything. Yeah, they're misrepresenting. They shouldn't be doing, you know, things like that. But who can really control those type of people? They're going to do what they want to do. They're you taking know what? what it started out to be and, and right. trying to keep that going instead of growing how the organization was meant to grow. But all we're seeing is that. And we're taking that and we're running with it. Me, I've got to sit down and talk to people that are affiliated, that are doing great things in the community. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't just judge them off. Okay, well, I see this one hanging out the car with a gun and he's affiliated with that. I can't judge this man over here that's trying to, you know, pour into the community. You see what I'm saying? Bringing mm-hmm. you to the community, looking out for the kids. They they look out for the for the elderly people that they fam- they own families ain't even looking out for them. They feed in the community. They at Christmas time they pour into the community, Thanksgiving, but we're not we're not seeing that. And we're not highlighting that. I've got I, to see a different side of these men that are affiliated. And I don't have I seen the ones that are gangbanging? Yeah. I've seen the bad side of it, but I've also seen the positive change side too. Where would you, you know? That, oh, I'm sorry, I've, Tucker, go ahead. I've seen I've seen, you know, former gang members and most of the people that I know that's doing good in the community and you know, they have something similar to like the Detroit 300 in Chicago where they're like patrolling the communities, making sure the gas stations are safe for women to go to, you know, gas stations at night and you know, just patrolling the communities and making sure that, you know, the women and children are safe in the communities. Yeah. Um and um you know it's you know people that are former gang a lot of the people that i know they that are trying to do good in the communities like they by the time they get to that point they're like trying to disassociate themselves from the gangs not to say that there aren't some gang members that are also trying to do good but like i would say like for me the overwhelming majority of those that i see that are gang affiliated are still involved in street activity to some degree and they may not be killing they may not be you know robbing folks but they're still involved in street activity that it impacts our community in a negative way you know you may think like okay because i'm not you know doing drive-bys or i'm not you know robbing people i'm just you know selling drugs or you know i'm selling i'm i'm selling a little weed um but you know you selling a little weed is a result of 12 always in the community and we know when they in the community they jumping out asking questions later which can result in loss of life and you know those are still things that impact the community in a negative way so most of the gang members that i've seen and that i know are still involved with and and associated with some level of street activity i do know some former gang members who are doing good and you know creating community programs trying to do the right thing that have turned their lives around that are even doing motivational speaking written books Mm -hmm. all the things like real talk and that i know personally but um most of them have now disassociated themselves from the gangs what do you think about the statement they mess up the community and now they're trying to clean it up and Mm -hmm. Because I'll look at it 
um a lot of bad things happened like so many bad things happened with a lot of gangs that i've seen and then it's like you didn't made all the babies you didn't did all the the you didn't sold all the drugs and don't get me wrong i think those are symptoms of a bigger problem but there's still some account that has to be had from the things that happen in our community and i like if you look at the crack era <clears throat> um i think a lot of gang culture was um exemplified out of the crack era and we think about how bad the crack era messed up the black community um i do think that like you know of course we weren't dropping drugs off of, um off of right. planes and dropping guns off of planes and stuff right. and we have been so downtrodden when you throw money at a, a few of us and it's quick rich right. quick and easy um but we've seen like i said we've seen the effects that that's had on our community so in in a certain aspect i'm like if we see the effects that a lot of this type of culture has had on our community mm -hmm. why do we still glorify certain aspects of it and it, it's definitely a, a a lot of bad apples spoiling the bunch because it's it's you know gang culture is damn near, i would say it's mainstream or it, it was at one once upon a time it was gang uh mainstream i've never seen snoop, it is still look at i've music. never seen snoop snoop dog and snoop has been a crip for as long as we can remember we've never seen snoop denounce the cribs now he'll sit around and say stop the violence but we ain't never seen him um, denounce that's the a cribs. good point um Boy. when it came down to nipsey hustle nipsey was a crip rolling 60s you see what I'm saying? And and they'll say, okay, stop the violence, stop the violence. But I, I think certain things represent a certain thing with our culture. And I, I kind of feel like we've gotten too far um, for it to mean what it was intended to mean, if mm. that makes sense. I don't, mm. point. I don't know. Like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like uh, Snoop should have to renounce anything. That's how I feel. Um, with y'all saying that he's always saying stop the violence and things like that. Why are we are we looking at um every crip or every gang member as violent? Are we looking at them as bad people? I think there's definitely not a every, but they represent okay. okay. So no, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that though. I, like I just told y'all, if me if all three of us are in the same organization, right? Mm -hmm. And I go and do something outside of the organization organization, that don't represent y'all. That represents me. At that time, y'all need to go ahead and separate the organization from me because I made a choice as an individual. I didn't make a choice for all three of us. I made a choice as an individual to do something that went against the organization. So y'all need to disassociate me from the organization. Y'all need to make a statement and say, I'm no longer, Shalakimi is no longer a part of it. I don't feel, I don't feel like that bad rap should be on everybody and that's just how how i feel as a person I, and i respect that shalakimia but how do you do that when there's a when there's tens of thousands of people committing crimes in the name of you know or let's say you know maybe they ain't saying they ain't spray painting crip on it but you know they got rolling 60s on them tatted up you know like they're they're committing crimes and they have some sort of gang affiliation like how do you denounce everybody that is 
committing crimes and associated with your organization. Because for me personally, what you said took me back to like the temptations when they split. And literally you had two groups. My husband always talks about this performing as the temptations and you didn't know who you was going to see, like which people of the temptations you was going to see until you showed up. And like they had to find ways to start distinguishing themselves. For me personally, if I'm in a group with y'all, um, and like, you know, y- my, y'all are doing something that does not align with my morals. I, I'll be like, I'm opting out. I'm no longer associated with the group because this does not align with my values and my principles as a woman. And I don't want my name associated with something that is not in line with my principles. Hmm. When you have big organizations like that, like fraternities and things like that, people in fraternities have done horrible things. People don't people don't look um, at the whole fraternity like that. Look at the things that they they make people do to get into them. I've heard the horror stories. I've heard some people say, you know, I don't even want to be a part of that if this is what I have to do. They're not labeled as a gang, though. All I'm seeing is we cannot if if there's a few bad apples, we can't sit up and look at that whole organization is bad. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying per saying. Because everybody, I feel like everybody's a part of the same organization, but everybody's not doing the same things. There are some some good people doing some good things. That's all that I'm, I'm trying to bring to the table because it hurts other people when you're doing the right thing. Like I said, we're all in the organization. Y'all two doing the right thing. I'm doing the wrong thing. Do y'all want people to look at y'all like, oh, well, they was affiliated with Charlotte Kimia. I'm an individual. I made my own decisions. But then tell me to do that. But then even when you talk about being a part of a gang, so if all let's say we all three, we the MIs, we the male identifiers, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we're in this gang. And we holding up the MIs, you know, and and, and and we're saying this is what we're a part of. This is what right. we're doing. And an individual does go out and does something on their own accord. Mm-hmm. If you're if one of us is wearing the letters and one of us does something bad and we're supposed to be representing um, a certain group people are going to look at that group and say, okay, they have A, B, C, D going on, or they're going to publicly denounce. Well, yeah, we had, uh, you know, you'll have like AKAs or, or people in sororities and fraternities. And let's say the hazing goes beyond um, something that it should have gone on, you know, gone on. Right. What people, what those fraternities and sororities will do. Well, you know, we we've been come we've been made aware that ABCD did ABCD. Yeah, she's no longer with us. She's not what right. she doesn't represent our brand. She doesn't represent us. But right. we don't see that from the opposite. We don't see that. And we we still go they just it. did that with Tyree yeah. Nichols, the cops in the Tyree Nichols case. Exactly. They did they that. Just they did just that. did that. Yeah, they just did that. And 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 can we look at can we look at that organization like what y'all got? Y'all got members in here, you know, that are doing things like this. You see what I'm saying? They're not shutting down the organization. No, that's true. They're they're denouncing that person. This person, they they sent out a letter. This person is no longer, you know, uh, affiliated with us. I'm just saying that we can't come to the table. And there's a whole bunch of bad apples and we hold the whole organization you know what I mean, accountable. I don't, I don't feel like that is that we can do that. So you don't feel like it's a monolith, like it's not monolithic. Right. 
Right. I don't I don't feel like that. I don't feel like I'm about to come judge an organization because a few bad things happened. Are they participating in those bad things? Because let's be honest, when people do those bad things, the great that is happening amongst that organization always gets put in the dark. And people always but, like to highlight the bad that's going on. And we forget that's the good. what I'm saying, though, because then like this is all conjecture, speculation, rumor. But that, like when you think about like the Crips, you know, there's rumor that like the heads be in on it, that they profit from it, that, that that they profit from the shakedowns, that when a person comes into town and they want protection and they, you know, that they like that, that they are somehow benefiting from or profiting. And the difference in that situation with like the guys from the Tyree Nichols situation is like these D9 organizations, they come out and they make a statement. You don't see gangs coming out and saying, we're not associated. We're not affiliated. We don't want nothing to do with Suge Knight and that, 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 um, um, you know, gangster stuff that he doing over there at Death Row Record. Like you don't see no like a spokesperson. <laughs> which, they, I mean, you know. they, let's let's be honest though. If if there was someone that wanted to come front and and, and say that, who's going to listen? They are. You have to understand. They are labeled as a gang, not an organization. Right. They're not giving. <laughs> they're not giving that. I'm not sitting up here saying all of them are angels and there's not no yeah. you know crime. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's not mm -hmm. everybody. I'm gonna read the super chats honey because okay. we're quite far behind. <laughs> okay, um, okay, okay. But a shout out to Koja Malik. She says drug and gang culture is not positive. And I think she threw tomatoes at us. And that Koja, that's just not nice. But <laughs> oh, uh, Charlotte King. Oh, was it a stop sign, girl? Yes, you know I can't see because I saw tomatoes, honey, and I'm like, I'm hungry. I saw right tomatoes out. too, so you ain't yeah. alone. Okay. <laughs> stop sign. Okay. Concrete do have on her glasses, Charlotte King. I don't know. Ones that <laughs> but uh, did you still want to address that? That comment? I mean, my my thing is, we we never get to the bottom of things. Like we, I understand, you know, drugs are not positive, but we didn't put drugs in our community. I, I feel like they put drugs in our community to mess our community up. And I'm just being honest, we didn't have that type of power. We were no. given drugs by who? Good point. That's government. <laughs> Shout out to Black Wizard. He says, forgiving is not forgetting. Justice, fairness, and compassion doesn't mean letting people off the hook either. If someone has caused harm and is dangerous, it's reasonable to keep them away from society. Hmm. Um, that's a good point, Black Wizard. I'm going to ask that afterwards because I still didn't get an answer from my actual question. That um, I, We kind of started talking about this, but it yeah. ties into what Black Wizard okay. said. Okay. Um, shout out to Dane C. He says gangs are the rats and roaches of the community. Um, thank <gasps> you so much for that. <laughs> uh, shout out to Koja Malik. She says, say less. You talking is very disappointing. Um, Koja, you you came in on one today, honey. Uh, shout out to Black Wizard again. He says, gangs arise when needs mm. aren't met. They can be helpful, but mostly they are in... Why he put that big Antithetical. ass Antithetical. Antithetical <laughs> to order. You can be compassionate and recognize their activity isn't great for the health of your community. Um, thank you so much for that, Black Wizard. And shout out to Koja Malik again. 
only hits. <laughs> he only women. hits women with an open hand mm-hmm. mindset. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting statement, but thank you so Koja. much for that, Koja. And shout out to Dane. He says, I think Danielle has Curlin locked up in a closet behind her, and he is tapping <laughs> a message in Morse code to let us know. Oh my gosh, not Morse um, code. Baby, that thing is on his own stream. I do feel some type of way that he ain't come in the chat and speak to me. He ain't been, where he been the last couple times? I feel some type of way too. See, this is how the shit gets started. No, I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> okay, I don't feel I ain't gonna say that because uh, you know he'll be mad and I don't want him to be mad. But he should have all right, all right, all right. Hey, I ain't used to this. Something. I feel he like he abandoned us. Listen, um, shout out to Koja Malik again. She says, Shalakimia, take a break and reflect. This not it. Um, thank you so much for that, Koja. Um, shout out to Mr. Me Too. He says, speaking of gangs, they have produced <laughs> U.S. presidents and senators. Oh. I.e. the Kennedys. Oh, um, oh, Rothschild, the Kennedys, <laughs> honey, the biggest gangs, gang, uh, gang members and ties. Oh, uh, shout out to Black Wizard again. He says, "I agree with you to a point. One person doesn't represent the whole, but a gang's nature for existing is when needs are unmet, and their motto is to achieve those needs." by whatever means um thank you for that black wizard and that's a good point gangs are a response to an unmet need like even you know the selling of drugs like it was you know it came about like there was a deficit in the community people didn't have jobs and doing drugs like do you know like the stress the depression i always talk about post-traumatic slave syndrome the mental health issues that we suffer from in our communities people were looking for an escape like we we always talk about the effect but we never talk about the cause right mm-hmm. exactly and the yeah. one lady i don't know what her name is when she was like shala kimi this isn't it i mean I'm, I'm not looking for people to agree with me but i do feel like we have to have a, a open mindset we are so quick to judge mm-hmm. off of one situation and just let that be our mindset and i'm just not that type of person you know not when i've been exposed to people you know that are doing great things in the community that you're not they're not going to show you that yeah and and we rely on the media a lot we rely on you know society they're not showing us that part of you know these people that are affiliated were affiliated they're not showing us that part you know why they want us to have a bad outlook on these people but they don't care they're in our face in the black community's face, they don't care what outlook that we have on the KKK and many other, you know, white gangs that they're labeling and registering as organizations. Us as black people, we we have to really wake up to this. It's in our face. But we go off of what they're showing us and what they tell us. You ain't lying. It's literally 2023 and we still have a plethora of freaking sundown towns. We still need the green book to figure out what towns to stay away from. Mississippi, Texas, Missouri, like Mm -hmm. literally Kentucky. Come on now. I just saw where a man in Mississippi burned a cross on his lawn to to, to warn his neighbors to stay away, Mm -hmm. to run his neighbors out the neighborhood. Really? Maybe. 2023. That's but I will activity? listen. It's wild. That's violence. We still violence, finding black men getting We still finding black men. We still yeah. finding strange fruit, like in 2023. But 
I do want to go back to my question that I was trying to ask earlier, um, Shalakinia, and that's in reference to us having some sort of communal standard for what is unacceptable. Like, you know, certain things just aren't aren't acceptable. I talked about, I gave the example of my husband and he is a no-nonsense type of guy. And I'm very empathetic to my people, the plight of my people. I understand that, you know, a lot of us are sick. A lot of us, you know, suffer from a lot of things. I understand I know our plight, our backstory. So I'm very empathetic and want all of us to come. But I think that I've become more reasonable since, um, you know, partnering with my husband. But I wanted to know your thoughts on us developing or having some sort of communal standards or if there are certain crimes that are committed against people that um, we should have zero tolerance for. Um, I feel like um, sex crime, zero tolerance sex crimes against children, zero tolerance. Um, that's just how I feel. Um, and when I say sex crimes, um, the ones that are not against children, the ones that are definitely provable. You know, there's been a lot of people that have been accused of rape that they relied on. You know what I mean? Um, those numbers are, are very high, you know, but there's some people that, you know, did commit, you know, the crime. I feel like, you know, zero tolerance um, for that. Some people may say zero tolerance for murder. I can't really say that. Um, I can't really say that for the simple fact that some some situations, people were defending themselves. You know, um, every situation is, is different. You know, but absolutely crimes that have to do with, you know, a sexual offense. Right. Absolutely okay. zero times. I feel like those people should be in a community of their own altogether. That's how I really feel about it. You know, around no children, no temptations, yeah. you know, nothing like that. Like live in a community, all y'all over there, you know, to to yourself or something. You know, yeah. that's how you know I, I feel about it. I respect it. Thank you. Yeah. Danny, did you have another question? I don't have any more questions. I think um, Ms. Shalakimia got came in and got straight to the point. No chaser <laughs> wasn't a lot of filler. Shalakimia came right on in, honey. So um, everything that I had uh, has been answered, honey. So I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> um, okay. Um, and most of my questions are, you know, we would be going back in the conversation. So, um, I think that, you know, we had a very robust conversation and, and the conversation good. went in a, yeah, I could not have predicted the conversation went in a direction that I didn't necessarily anticipate. And, um, <laughs> I think I learned more about you than I knew. And I do truly appreciate you, um, taking us up on our offer and joining us yeah, and being so honest and open. And one thing about you that I knew before having you on is that, you know, whatever your point of view is, you're going to stick to it. And I appreciate that about you, but yeah. also, you know, you're open-minded and open to listening to the opinions and views of others too. So I do appreciate that. But um, in closing, did you have any final thoughts that you want to give on the conversation or topic at hand? And do you have any upcoming projects that you want to make us aware of um really i just appreciate the opportunity um you know y'all having me on i feel like we need to be able to have these type of conversations in these spaces i feel like this is a great example of you know how black women can come together and you know we're not agreeing on everything but we're respecting mm 
You see what I'm yes. saying? That's how each other feels. And we need that in these type of spaces. People don't really see that amongst black women. It's like an argument back and forth. You don't agree with me. I don't like you anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can respect this show, you know, and I hope y'all have me back again. We you know? will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. For I sure. love it here. I love it. You know, um, (laughs) this is, you know, an amazing space um, to be in, you know, and I just want to, you know, tell both of y'all like this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you, sis. We definitely appreciate you. And we look forward to working with you in the future on your platform, ours, and, you know, getting together, even maybe behind the scenes and doing some work because you dropped some gems when you first came on regarding, you know, your business and how you were able to, you know, grow your platform and stuff. And I was definitely taking notes. So we appreciate you so, so much. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday and spending, you know, part of your morning with us. Um, Thank you once again. We have been dropping your link throughout the discussion. So you guys make sure you go over and give uh, Shalakimia a follow and support her on her other platforms. And yeah, we just appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You too. Bye-bye. Concrete girl, that was one for the book. <laughs> it was child. Um, it was very good, very interesting. I like I said, could not anticipate where the conversation was going. I um was not we learned more about her than I knew. I definitely hearing her stance on different subjects and different topics. And one thing about her, she gonna hold to her guns and I respect it. Like, this is what I feel. This is how I feel. And that's what it is. Definitely appreciate it. And I'm glad that she was able to join us. It was a good, good conversation. Definitely. I thought it was an outstanding conversation. And I love that she pointed out the fact that Although we don't, we may not agree on the same things that us a level of respect is there to where even if we don't agree, it's not disrespectful Mm -hmm. and there's no, no ill will and hard feelings, which I think we as a community need to definitely get to, though we may not agree with each other, we can still be, uh, show a level of respect. And I love, I love that. I love that aspect of it because I I think that's a, a a big thing. So, um, Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a, a really good conversation. So me too. Um, yeah, kudos, concrete. And and I want to commend you on something. What I do? Your sound was good throughout, and I'm proud of you for that, girl. I got my Ethernet cord. It was like doing something funny, and I'm like, how? I'm plugged in, but I plugged in to the girl. internet. I, you know what it is? I keep telling my husband, baby, he be downloading these apps on, on our stuff, and they be from over yonder, and I'm like, they putting a virus in our in our um whole system, and he tells me I'm crazy, but I, I be knowing, and that's what it is because listen i know i ain't (laughs) but anyways thank you thank you appreciate you but y'all need to stay tuned for the entire month up until next month baby because we got a lot coming like we have a lot of things going on a lot more guests interesting interviews some people you may know people you might not know we got some fun stuff coming up. So people y'all probably ain't seen in forever and been wondering where they at. That baby keeps things interesting. Stay tuned because y'all ain't going to be disappointed. 
That part, that part, that part. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I no, didn't no. pay for tatas. <laughs> Shit, y'all should want a free oh, damn show. Let me tell you something. The tatas was last Sunday. <laughs> Coach, was you here? <laughs> Baby, the, <laughs> the tatas were definitely here last Sunday. <laughs> Tatas was tataing last Sunday. Maybe they were shiny. If you missed it, if you missed it, <laughs> where was you at? Told you, you missed a hell of a show. Yeah, it was. I was just saying she was here. <laughs> Told you. Okay. Okay. They they tataed last week, honey. Oh, yes. What the hell, mine's going? But they stayed up. Tata now, y'all. <laughs> That's enough. That was that was something. I mean, I will never forget that show. <laughs> anyway, I should have did a review of that. Um, I should have, but really anyway, have. I was really looking forward to. I was like, I don't know what I was doing Wednesday. Oh, I told you, I, it's been a busy week. It's a busy month for me this month. We got a lot going on at work, but anyways, um, yeah, like I said, y'all stay tuned because some fun stuff coming down the pike. I thought you was gonna say the pipe. Like, was it? no. <sighs> Shout out to everybody who came through in the chat. A very, very, very special thanks to Miss um, Shalakinia. Um, yes. Definitely enjoyed the interview. That was dope. And Absolutely. shout out to the guys and to y'all in the chat, honey. Y'all don't know how to act and never do. Bye, bye, kids. Tired. We mm -hmm. tired. <laughs> um, but uh, be sure to hit the like button if you haven't subscribed subscribe and we will see you guys back here Wednesday Wednesday yes Wednesday we, we out. are out <laughs>